0: If you're not fit, you're not a good player. The most important thing is to be available for the manager. So that's priority number one. If you're not available, we can't talk about performance or maximizing performance. So availability is everything. But we do believe that training is the best vaccine against injuries or whatever. So we train hard and smart. But everybody says that.
1: Welcome to the Pacey Performance Podcast, the podcast that dives into the philosophies, ideas, and practices of some of the best practitioners in high performance sport. It's an absolute privilege today to get on Lee and Stein from Feyenoord Rotterdam, who recently won the Eredivisie, which is the uh, top league in the Netherlands. So in this episode, we dive in behind the scenes of a performance department, a league-winning performance department. What makes them different? Are they different? How do they structure their program? How do they structure their their staff? And then we get two unique perspectives. Head of performance, Lieger and Stein, who is head of medical and performance. Then we talk about managing up, we talk about managing down, the influence of the head coach, how they influence the head coach, and how they influence other people in the organization higher up who can make critical decisions about how they run their program. So it's a real interesting take in this episode, and probably one I haven't done really before, but it's a pleasure to have these guys on, given the success they've had this season. So really insightful episode, which I'm sure you'll really enjoy. This episode of the Pacey Performance Podcast is sponsored by Hawking Dynamics. Hawking Dynamics is the world's first wireless force plate testing system. The Hawking Dynamics system is built for coaches to test in the real world, not just in the lab. Capture reliable data on all your athletes in a matter of minutes and monitor their progress in the cloud from anywhere in the world. The Hawking Dynamics force plates are wireless, portable and trusted by teams at every level of sport. Integrating force plates into your athlete monitoring program has never been easier or more affordable. If you want to see the Hawking Dynamics force plate system in action, head over to their website hawkingdynamics.com to schedule a demo or follow them on Twitter at Hawking Dynamics. And this episode is also sponsored by Stanta College. Stanta College, led by Dr. Liam Hennessy, provides international recognized qualifications in strength and conditioning and performance science from certificate to master's level. Courses are designed by industry leaders such as Des Ryan and Professor Ian Jeffries, ensuring students and graduates are at the cutting edge of technology and learning the most current methodologies from world-renowned practitioners. Stanta College's unique blended learning approach allows you to take the next step in your career in your own time and at your own pace. Lectures are delivered in an online classroom while residential workshops provide the perfect opportunity for practical application of your studies with guidance from experts within the field of sports science and performance coaching. With campus locations across Ireland, the UK, USA, India and South Africa, Applications are now open for courses, including the BSc in Strength and Conditioning, MSc in Performance Coaching, and MSc in Applied Sport and Exercise Physiology. Visit tantacollege.com for more information on how to apply. So, without further ado, over to the episode with Lee and Stein. Stein and Lee, welcome to the Pacey Performance Podcast. Thanks for jumping on at such short notice. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having us. No, my pleasure, and congratulations on a great season. Just before we dive into the into the intricacies of, of what's made this season such a successful one for you guys, Stein, would you mind just giving us a bit of a brief bio, please?
0: Yep. That's quite a simple question with a complex answer, I guess. So, yeah, we work at Feyenoord, obviously. We play champion, and I think the journey started a few years ago when we consciously decided to change the structure in the club uh, to provide the best environment to be successful. Um, Together with the board and a lot of uh, confidence from the boards, they decided to bring in uh, Sportsology. That's uh, a company who works on strategy and sports strategy structures. Um, So long story short, we changed the structure and we made medical if I can speak for my responsibilities then, we made a medical and performance department uh, as one. Yeah, so we created one football department actually where there is a very good um, emphasis on communication, on staff DNA. um, And um, I think that provided the necessary uh, structure and framework to uh, create a new culture. Uh, within the club, a culture of elite performance where it's normal to be fit uh, as a player, where football players are seen like athletes and behave like athletes, and that it is actually only our task to support the technical staff and our manager on the slot in providing the maximal availability, robustness, and a maximal performance, physical output uh, every game. So I think that's uh, one of the most important ingredients prior to the su- success story that started uh, last season with the appointment of Arne Slot, with a very clear football vision and a very well translation into a training vision.
1: Yeah, um,
0: obviously when Arne Slot started at the club with his technical department, uh, <clears throat> the football style we play, it's a high press, it's very intense, very energetic. It demanded um, Quite some new challenges. It provided quite some new challenges for the for the physical and medical uh, departments to implement, uh, yeah, a, me- a physical framework for every training session and be able to perform the way Arne wants to play. So, I think uh, um, that's the, the main thing. Yeah, I'll get a phone call here. So my <laughs> phone off. So.
1: yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, of course it is. So, Stein, just on that, you mentioned the the kind of amalgamation, the bringing together of the medical and the performance department. Why do you think that was necessary? And how does that differ from what you've had in the past? Because you've got extensive experience in the Premier League and various national teams. How does that differ at Feyenoord to what you've had before? Well,
0: I I think... Within my career it's always been interesting the different coaches, the different playing styles, the different coaching styles, the different players yeah And I think within the structure we made it sure that the player is always um, central in the process and that we created an individual approach to enhance the team performance um, and enabled to do that, I think it's very important that you have a clear uh, vision and a clear uh, yeah, strategy, Um, how you want to support the technical staff and the coaching with his playing style. Um, And in the past, I've worked in clubs and big clubs and a lot of departments with department heads and egos and different visions because some departments remain at the club and the football vision changes. So within the new structure, we really uh, emphasised a lot the football vision and how Feyenoord wants to play. And then we got a manager who perfectly fitted into the system and then actually the, the, the football style of Arne Slot became DNA of Feyenoord and we translated that in a very good uh, um, training vision and, and able to do so you need to excel every specialist need to be able to excel in their uh, responsibility everybody needs to have the trust to, to be able to have a, enough voice in the process uh, in what they excel And that's what we do. So by changing the medical and performance structure um, into one department, that was step one. Step two, we appointed two heads of performance, which has always been different uh, than other clubs where I worked and where one is more specialized in periodization and the physical framework that we provide to the manager to work in on a daily basis, mid and long term. And two... We have another head of performance who is really specialized in dynamic systems, in movement analysis, and who can translate this on a daily basis into the gym and especially onto the pitch, with um, all the individual aspects that come to a holistic approach to maximize performance. And that could be um, that could be from meditation to breathing to ice bath to whatever you need, nutritional. Um, to get the maximum and to inspire constantly the individual, the, the player, to maximize the performance. I think we managed really well to uh, to raise the bar in staff DNA and to give the people enough freedom to work within their speciality. Um, and that's also uh, our manager who buys into the system and who buys into the belief that everybody in the team, if it's now the chef, the kit man, the heads of uh, performance or whatever are really good at what they do so you give them the freedom to excel and i think we made that possible to change uh, in changing the structure and changing the strategy and really have a good idea about okay what's what is needed for the next game what is needed for the game after that but what is also needed mid term long term to sustain success
1: yeah. we'll get into the intricacies okay. of what you're talking about in the, in terms of how that translates into, into day-to-day workings, but Lee, you're one of two heads of performance. How does that work with you in terms of how it feels to be kind of on a parallel in terms of the organizational structure with someone else rather than one over the other?
2: Yeah, I think it was not really something that I was accustomed to from a, like a traditional uh, perspective in and traditional structure in a football club. And at the start, it's a little bit like a feeling out process, especially with any new staff. But um, the more and more time that I spend in it, working with Stein, but also working with Ruben, my colleague, for us, it's very much uh, yin and yang. We have like uh, very complementary skill sets and he has uh, areas that he's very strong in that he's upskilled me in. And I like to think Uh, the opposite is also true which you'd have to ask him and Stein on that case on that front Um, so I would say it's rather unusual but I would say ultimately at the end of the day having sort of a second version of myself, an alternate reality version of myself if you will with different skill sets is of unparalleled value for the playing group actually and that's really what it comes down to in the end is how much value the player is taking from us as a department um, in terms of maximizing their performance and boosting their potential level and playing, you know, at, at higher and higher levels throughout the course of one season, two seasons, three seasons. So to be able to offer, um, yeah, many different uh, improvement avenues and different aspects of, um, of performance is I think of uh, really, really big value. So I, I really enjoy it. and I, I really Speak highly of it, and I would say I would question why clubs don't do it more often if the if the staff DNA is right.
1: So let's talk about that. The staff DNA. Obviously, I'm I'm guessing people have come in since you, Lee. Um, what's made the staff fit the DNA that you guys have have tried to kind of put the groundwork in place with? And I suppose Stein, maybe it's maybe it's one for you. How have you handpicked the staff to fit this DNA?
0: You have to have a clear vision in in what you want to achieve and how you want to approach things. And I, I bumped into Lee in a course I did from Dynamic Systems from French Bosch in North Carolina, I think. And I asked him there to join us. And from that moment on, I had a certain strong feeling that I want people who invest in themselves to inspire others. And we've always been looking for... Uh, the academy, how you say it? The, the turnover of staff, um, to preparing staff uh, to have succession plans. We've constantly hired people, very creative, intelligent people who are very passionate about what they do. And that's one of my most important tasks, I think, to keep that flow going. So since, I think, two and a half years or three years, I think I've hired eight staff members throughout Academy and First Team, all with the same philosophy and never making a compromise on what they know or how they do it. But they also have strong ideas about how they would fit in the team dynamics. So I'm a strong believer in smaller departments, but with the right staff DNA.
1: Um, Yeah. So how, what have you taken from other organizations that you've been involved with that have had bigger organizations, sorry, bigger staff levels? And how have you tried to, I suppose, better that by keeping it relatively small?
0: Yeah, getting the best people, pay them a lot, and give them a lot of freedom in what they do. Yeah, it's a little bit like uh, Hastings in his uh, Netflix approach, I guess.
1: Okay, nice, nice. So I'm looking at the
0: book. After, uh, yeah, when I read the book, I was like, uh, yeah, reading a little bit what I always wanted to do it was really interesting
1: we had a little bit of a chat beforehand and one thing that stood out to me is the club design and working down from from board level to the coaching staff to the medical and performance departments how much involvement have you had stein and i'd like to get your um, take on this as well lee how much involvement have you had at that kind of level going upwards to actually figure this dna out and figure this structure out because it hasn't just been a medical and performance decision it's been a club-wide decision based on that's my, my interpretation based on our conversation beforehand is that right
0: that's correct i think uh, the club has been shown enormously uh, an enormous amount of courage to reflect and look into the mirror what they could improve and to get specialists out there to help them to make the right decisions I think the board has changed a few times now since I've been here uh, with CEOs and technical directors. Um, but they all were strong believers of the process. And because I was one of the only ones who on that level remained at the club, I think I was strongly involved, especially medical and performance, um, together with Matt Wade, our uh, strategy uh, advisor, and uh, CEO, Dennis De Kluze and Frank Arnason. I think these are the key members who... Yeah. I don't think, I think it's very dangerous to ask a question if a personal name is involved. I think this we do, it has to be person's proof, individual's proof. So the structure that we do to sustain success should not be dependent if Lee or me are here. should not be dependent if, if Ruben or somebody else is here. Obviously, the manager is a very, is a key, is a key position within the club. Yeah, because you need the football vision needs to be linking on the the football vision from the manager and the club needs to be identical. Uh, uh, otherwise, yeah, I think that's a key position and the CEO and etc. But we try to mature uh, in what we do and in how the structure is created um, the next couple of years to make sure it's it's solid and it's not depending on any individuals.
1: Yeah. Lee, how much involvement do you have up the, chain? Up the chain? Sorry, Stein, quan
0: Yeah, no, no. I, say I was going to ask Lee the same what he thinks because we never talk
1: about <laughs> this to be honest. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah,
2: I, I don't. I have. I think you're going to ask me Robert, how much involvement I have. Extremely little uh, going higher up. Um, to be honest, Stein is there as somewhat of an, an enabler. Um, to sort of uh, arrange all of the things that happen above at higher levels um, to enable Ruben and myself as heads of performance to innovate, um, explore new things, bring in consultants, uh, acquire new skill sets and tools that we can um, then go ahead and and teach and um, invest in with the playing group. And I think um, someone like Stein's role couldn't be understated because that – space to work with freedom and to not have to worry about sitting in uh too many meetings and and uh you know, um, politicking, so to speak, and going from meeting to meeting for us is, is time that we could be spending with the players. And I think if you ask the fans, if you ask the players themselves, and you, if you ask the owners and all, the, all the, um, the employees of the club, what is most important to them, obviously winning is one and picking up trophies, that's, that's a major one. And I think developing players, um, whether you look at that from a financial game point of view, that you sell players on to bigger leagues, or you look at it more from a philosophical point of view of being able to be involved in a player's career, I think that's really important. And in order to do that, we need players constantly learning, constantly adapting, constantly trying new things, and constantly pushing the boundaries of of their potential and Trying to become a full-time twenty-four-seven professional athlete and forgetting about football now, but a full-time athlete. So being one of the best athletes in the world, not one of the best footballers. Um, and Stein allows the space for people like Ruben, myself, the medical staff, our rehab physio, all of the coaches actually to to work freely um, with autonomy in that space, well, I, which is a is a dream.
0: I think it's important to add, uh, Rob that what we created here is a football department. So there is no higher level. There is no lower level. We try to work all at one because we believe that everybody has their expertise and responsibility. So here you will see the CEO downstairs, sometimes walking through the gym. You will see Arne having a conversation or playing Padel with the kid man or whoever. Yeah. So there is no higher level. Yeah? So it's really important that the players always realize that it is one team. So we're really conscious are uh, working towards that goal, um, and that everybody's approachable. Everybody, you can just knock on the door and walk in. So uh, we also try to plant the seeds within the press to create the, the credibility you need to to galvanize this process within the club and outside the club. So I think that's a little bit a nuance. I think that should be in it.
1: How important is it? And you've both mentioned it. You both mentioned it in the last fifteen minutes, and you both mentioned it beforehand. Athletes, best athletes not just the best players how, how interest how important is that reframing for the whole it's club the of, for the whole club
0: It's the basis of everything we believe in a very uh, energetic way of football in a very football style that asks a lot from a, from an athlete and the stigma of a football player I think we want to yeah, redress this and make sure that they are yeah they are athletes. It's completely different for me to work with these athletes than with the athletes or four players I used to work 15 years ago in the Premier
1: League. What's that reframing like for you, Lee? Because you're on the ground with, these, with the guys every day. Yeah.
2: I ha- I'm yet to meet a player in my time here in Europe that uh, I've sat with and they've said, no, I, I kind of just want to stay here and finish off my career and save my money. Um, some of them end up like that, um, but they all say, I have dreams to play here. I have dreams to play there. I have dreams to play in the big five leagues. And uh, if you want to do that, I think you have to leave no. In my opinion, you have to leave no stone unturned in the pursuit of being excellent. And maybe you don't get there. Uh, I never did when I was a player. But Likewise. you learn lessons and you pick up things from it that you can, <laughs> that you can uh, take with you. Um, and yeah, really, that's 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 what it's. Uh, that's what it's all about for us in terms of being on the ground you know in the mud with the pigs uh, so to speak and the basis of that for us is individualization of everything. So we've spoken on the podcast before and had conversations offline about movement analysis and going into more detail of uh, Franz Bosch systems and dynamic systems theory and motor learning theories and stuff like this. This is a big part of, uh, of our training system and our approach. Um, but that's not limited to um, individual mindset, uh, individual uh, habits on game day, uh teaching them things like habit stacking and and ways which they can maximize their time. Of course, they play in front of you know, 40,000, 50,000 people, sometimes twice per week for large portions of the year, but outside of those times when, which are extremely high stress, they have so much time there that's not football, that's not training, where they could also be making small investments putting you know one dollar per day in the bank on mindset or sleep and nutrition recovery so we really try to um keep them busy i suppose and keep them occupied with oh okay actually there's something here in this space that i never even knew existed before um and how they react to that is up to them but uh that's a little bit how we're trying to get them to invest and evolve um and kind of like a marginal gains approach i guess but do everything um So, yeah, that's kind of the reframing process for us.
0: And I hope to think they take it with them in in their careers. Not all of them, but...
2: Yeah, we've had conversations with players who've left our training system, left our club, um, gone on to bigger and better things in terms of leagues. Um, There is no better place than here right now, I think. But... um, Impressive steps that they've made, and we keep in touch with them because you develop a relationship when you push somebody that hard, and when you when you can have some level of success, and the conversations that you always have with them are always enlightening, for better or for worse. Um, But it's always that they miss the the environment of Nord, they miss the training system, they miss the people who are backroom staff, they miss the coaches, they miss the warmth of the place, Um, and you know it, it takes you to lose something before you realize how much you you really appreciated it right um and these guys are, are young young adults and some of them even you know young teenagers so it's after it's after the fact it's nice to speak to them and for them to have such great compliments when they've gone on to um perhaps a club that's a bit more prestigious or has a lot of money and they say wow final is really uh, what you guys do is really impressive um so that's also a proof of concept for us
0: it's also we are relentless which is we ask a lot from these boys eh? we ask a lot we ask him to be athletes 24/7 for a whole season it's been two seasons almost yeah so we never compromise on the, on on the plan we never compromise on the system so we never compromise because emotional leverage of winning a game or losing a game so uh, it's it's quite hard for these for these for these boys but yeah in the end if you want to change the culture it's you need to be relentless and very consistent in what you do and i think that's also uh, Ruben and Lee really inspired the group on different levels and we made sure that everything that happens remains consistent, consistent, consistent. I think we also, um, yeah, I can add this, we we made huge steps on the biopsychosocial aspect also within the club and integrated it into medical and performance and to the technical staff just to help because you demand so much from these guys on every day on every level you top them up you do individual stuff you work with them outside the club you go fighting with them whatever so we provide provided also a safety net to invest a lot with technical staff manager and all staff from 1908 in the biopsychosocial in working with uh, sports psychology and integrating sports psychology through the throughout the whole system yeah um i think that's also been detrimental to
1: through the process I'm looking at the league table here I've got it in front of me 10 points clear with a game in hand was sorry the game left so it's been an incredible season for you guys let's get into the detail what is what's been the key factor to enable that to happen this season from a on the ground day-to-day working I'm going to come to you firstly Ooh, that's a really interesting question
2: I probably my first reaction is there is no one key factor, um, just the same as there is no one key person or staff department that is uh, killer. It's a mixture of of all things, um, but I think it's important to say that we had quite a successful season last season. We didn't win anything, but we progressed quite far in uh, Europa Conference League, which was big for us. Um, and this season, we sold uh, at the beginning of the season. We had sold a whole bunch of our players. I think we purchased 14 new players, Stone, at the start of this season. And they came from all... Sorry?
0: 15 players in total.
2: Yeah. They came from all parts of the world. So you can imagine we have players from Brazil, from Northern Europe, Nordic countries, from Slovakia, um, from everywhere. Uh, So adapting these players into our training system, which in itself with uh, fantastic new coaching staff is relatively uh, in its infancy. Um, was a big challenge, but I think you have to give a massive credit, of course, to the staff, but also to the playing group that they were so receptive and so hungry and ready to, to digest all of these things. Um, so It's kind of like what I alluded to before, making individualized development plans for all of them when they first arrive, if they're Dutch or if they arrive from outside europe or in in another country in europe where is it that they want to go what are their goals what are their dreams from that point on okay you've told us you want to get to here that means that we're going to hold you accountable to this goal or to this dream and we're going to push you in the way that you're moving we're microdosing every day uh, speed and agility and again i allude to the our previous um podcast chat rob about on all things sort of movement analysis and 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 Contextual patterns in football, uh, speed and acceleration, uh, sorry, start and acceleration, top speed, lateral movement, all of the things that pertain to football, but the way our coach would like to play um, outside of the club, uh, everything from also mentioned it a little, uh, a little while ago, food, um, sleep, uh, recovery, uh, mindfulness getting your mindset right we've had a couple of consultants that we've brought in where we've been able to get them to upskill us as staff um, get them to work directly with the players and then us to continue on and have consultants uh come back and forth throughout the season to maintain those doses of um new expert, fresh expertise so um yeah it's it's i think it's all a bit of a whirlwind when they first come because it's like whoa this is uh, maybe very different um, not saying that no other clubs do that. Of course, they all have their own way of working. But um, we've sort of got a big package where we put each player in the center, and you can imagine all around the outside of the player is all of those you know prongs of professionalism that I mentioned. And then we're trying to find out okay which players have weak threads going out to these um, you know different areas. That- one player is just moved from South America and he always gets takeout food. Okay, then we need to address this. Uh, another player is uh, has uh, sleeping patterns that keep him up until 1-2 every night. And so when we travel for games, that's really difficult. And if you imagine that player in the middle and all of those little aspects around them with like a sort of spider's web connecting all of those things, any of those sort of weak threads, we want to make those as strong as possible so that they have a world-class support network around them. And then push them like stone said to the limit um for our coach and for our playing style
0: i I think uh, rob if you zoom out a little bit of medical performance i think it's been massive obviously the coaching drills and the coach yeah the the training sessions they love the training sessions with absolutely helps each process that you want to motivate them but also i think the winter break played a crucial role in uh, this season for us it was a yeah, it was like God's gift because we had 15 players from different countries. We had 12 games. We managed those 12 games to have good results. Um, And then after 12 games, we had very few internationals at that moment in time. Also like our striker and and very important players who needed time to develop to the level that they became after the winter break. So in the winter break, we had very... uh, well planned uh, idea of okay, let's push him really to the limit and get them even fitter. We had a discussion with Ruben Lee and uh, Arne. Uh, we have a plan to be able to do so, but it might take some risks, blah blah. So, but eventually it was a very, very good um, winter season, winter preseason. So we came
2: out, it's like a second preseason, last yeah, time because yeah, of the second World Cup.
0: Pre-season. So he could. Um, make sure the the automatisms, the, the, the shabloon and how you want to play, that it, it got into the team. We could train and play every game, uh, every time. And then we went into January and we outworked every opponent. It was unbelievable. We raised the bar with 20 to 25% on physical output after this break. So I think we went into the break on top yeah, uh, of the league and mentally and physically... Uh, we took the momentum, and we didn't we didn't budge anymore, and we just stayed on top. I think uh, so. I think uh, that with this team, and all the pieces of the puzzle fell fell right. I think if you would have looked at a normal season, it might have been more difficult to sustain success for
1: such a long period
0: within the season.
1: So yeah, that's a little bit out zooming. So, we're just going to take go a very quick break in the chat with Lee and Stein. Over in part two, we have a little chat around uh, availability, player availability, why it's so key for a performance department, how these guys actually go about doing it, and the success they've had this season. So, really interesting part two coming up. This episode of the Pace of Performance podcast is sponsored by Team Builder. TeamBuilder is a software for performance coaches around the world. The powerhouse platform increases efficiency, saves paper, and can handle any type of programming. It's a perfect fit for professional and academy teams, performance institutes, schools, and universities. TeamBuilder is full of tools that help coaches' needs. Multiple max tracking methods, 16-plus reports, evaluation testing, and goal setting, just to name a few. Coaches also have access to consultations with TeamBuilder's in-house sports scientists to help manage and analyze data. Head to teambuilder.com and sign up with promo code SPORTSMITH to start your 30-day free trial. And now back to the episode with Lee and Stein. One thing we spoke about beforehand, Stein, was the, the high availability that you've managed to maintain throughout the season. What's We'll get into the detail with Lee in a second, but from your perspective, keeping that kind of more, more high-level view, what do you think has been the key to keeping that at such a high percentage?
0: Well, I'll give you an example. If you're not fit, you're not a good player. The most important thing is to be available for the manager. So that's priority number one. If you're not available, we can't talk about performance or maximizing performance. So availability is everything. But we do believe that training is the best vaccine against injuries or whatever. Yeah? So we train hard and smart. But everybody says that. What I think is detrimental is that the, the trust we get from the manager and his team, we bring in a strike, for example, or a player. He costs a lot of money. And we tell the manager, after two or three or four weeks, it's going to take us three to four months before he can play two games a week. Any manager in the past would have said, that's not going to work, Stinny. We need him every, every Saturday. But because we get the trust and the, the space to develop those plays on a very well-found uh, foundation of knowledge, and we said to the manager, trust us, give us six weeks, give us 12 weeks, and we'll get you this player. you will be much more effective in your playing style. And the manager agrees to this. Yeah, I think that's a uh, level uh, first um, condition to be able to do what we do. So again, it's it's going back to, to have the uh, trust in your expertise with, uh, yeah, I always say you're only as good as the people around you, but that's definitely the case here. And so then a whole process comes in place where we say, okay, this player, we need to get fitter because he will never remain fit or his performance will not be, um, maximized to his potential. Then we, get, we go work. We know that the player won't play uh, on the, on the, on the, or start the game, but he will be on the bench, which is a huge difference in periodization and individual approach. You can put much more work in it if you know the manager is only going to use him 20 minutes. And, and this is um, yeah, the process that we do together. Uh, and then with the staff of Ruben, Lee and the whole medical and performance staff, we can top him up. We can do whatever he wants, needs to be for him yeah and then you have to uh, the proof is in the pudding they say in January then he explodes and has one great performance after another I think and then now it's up to Lee uh, to explain the details but I think that's again uh, something that you need to create um, to be able to give your staff the freedom and the responsibility to work and do what they do best
1: Lee set you up nicely there (laughs) I wasn't listening. No, I'm just kidding. Uh,
2: Yeah, I think uh, on the ground level, it's obviously important to say that uh, ultimately the coach has the big, big inspirational role and his staff for all the playing group and football is leading. Uh, They say that also in in Holland all the time. Um, Football is leading and it's very clear from our perspective how the coach wants to play and the playing style. So from Being able to – the way to, in my opinion, create the availability that we've been able to have 95% last season, our starting sort of 12-13 if you include uh, one or two players who rotate in this season, also above 90%. It comes through players really, really, like Stein alluded alluded to before, really, really enjoying the training sessions, really, really being super motivated to train each day because the coaches put on such great footballing sessions. So, they don't want to miss anything because one, they love it, but two, they feel like if they do miss something one or two days, unless they absolutely have to because they've ruptured something or um, are unable to train if they miss one or two days, they don't want to miss out on any opportunity where other boys could be pushing and getting a little bit fitter. And that's sort of a little bit the the training mentality from a footballing side. I think our coaches have installed, which is fantastic. When you blend that then with a uh, really smart periodization, uh, which uh, to be honest, comes a lot from Ruben, my colleague's uh, expertise, planning of training with physical technical tactical uh, parameters all blended together really nicely with the same idea to make sure that we push really hard and we overload in certain areas but we don't push too far and there's not big big shocks going through the body i think you can't underestimate the power of this and then lastly the movement which again is something that i uh, really uh, am fascinated by and i am biased towards thinking makes a massive difference on an individual level is the way that they move um how frequent their training the micro micro doses but the daily plus micro doses when we're in two game weeks of uh, constraints based and motor learning informed uh, speed and agility sessions on the field pre-training every single day um, in the strength post session in the evening sometimes for some players even um, those little mini sessions coupled with the fact that we are testing them constantly and saying You need to get faster. You need to be able to decelerate and turn quicker. You need to be able to be stronger in joules. When we motivate them with those sort of uh, feedback loops of uh, performance testing um, and we push them each day to do something small and just invest $1, I think those three things, the football enjoyment, the smart periodization and the movement uh, quality and movement um, literacy, I guess, they make the ingredients for uh, a motivated but robust and efficient group. And I think uh, robustness is earned. I also learned that from uh, people that mentored me and helped me a lot. People that you know, like uh, John Pryor, um, Nick Lamley. Also, robustness is trained, and it's it's uh, it's earned through smart but hard training. So uh, that's what I think about it.
1: Would you give? You mentioned uh, the smart periodization and Ruben been over that side of things. Would you be able to give us a bit of an example of maybe something that Ruben's put in place in terms of periodization where you've gone. That's good. Great. Yeah, he's he's done really well there. Any examples that you could give us?
0: I can give you a little bit. Yes. uh, An overview. It's Every morning we have a meeting with medical and performance, and then um, we have obviously a plan on a week or a cycle, depending on which moment in the season you are. But every day the manager gets a physical framework in which he can work and not, I think only once or twice, or in two seasons, he did not uh, kept to that physical framework. The manager is a really strong believer of the physical framework that he works in. If we say so much axles decels, so much sprints, or you you have to train within 40 meters, or on a very simple uh, and clear uh, way Ruben can explain to the manager in what framework he needs to remain, then there is you solve so many problems on the forehand. I give you an example. I spoke to we were playing um, a European game, and I was spoken to, uh, was speaking to an um, UEFA delegate, and he said, "Listen, this is the first time in my career as a UEFA delegate that I see a team walk back in after half an hour while they have an hour on the pitch. But if Ruben and Lee and the whole team decides." Half an hour is enough for physical framework because the team they are tired or this or that in the cycle or whatever. The manager trusts his staff to say after half an hour, okay, guys, all in. And then sometimes you have people or plays, individual, whatever, who wants to do something more. No, it's, it's clear because you get the support from the top. So and maybe Lee can give more. Uh, everything is periodized. We can look into the schedule and you see, I can see what those guys do. The, the framework. The individual sessions, the top ups, if it's meditation, visualization, everything is planned and periodized. So it's, it's really interesting. But maybe Lee can give an example of a week um, where you also speak about what they do outside the club. It's also periodized, it's also planned and communicated with external partners. So it's, it's more, we want, also want to evolve to an American system where athletes use whoever they want to use and good communication with us with the same philosophy, Lee.
2: Yeah, I think it was a good example, Stein, but maybe another example, Rob, is like, uh, again, I'm stepping a little bit into Ruben's area of expertise, but we share everything, so I'm sure he won't mind as long as I don't uh, bastardize his, his work too much, but we give the, the, the framework for the coach to work in, and for example, our stress comes in waves throughout the week, that's no uh, nothing groundbreaking, it's the usual, I would say, in most clubs and most sports, but for example, we will say on a, a midweek day, the day before a day off, okay, today is an extensive day, there's going to be much bigger spaces involved, You can do 11v11, 8v8, 9v9, whatever you like. Uh, We want to keep it to sort of uh, this individual uh, percentage limit for sprints for high-intensity distance. Um, In our movement skills block at the start of training, we're going to sprint with them while they're fresh, and that will be where we introduce our – Yeah, like our movement skills block where we're focusing on efficiency, but um, getting faster and faster. And when the medical performance and the technical staff all start to understand that a little bit, we've had some of our best players and our highest paid ones uh, speaking to Ruben and I or Stein before the training session saying, hey, what are we doing in training today? Okay, it's big spaces. Yeah, we're going to sprint at the start. Um, I want to make my, my card on the wall, which has all my performance metrics. Uh, Lee, today I'm going to hit uh, 35Ks per hour. Let's go in the start of the session. When we do the sprints, I'm there, Ruben's there, the head coach is there, sometimes medical is there, and the coach is saying, come on, let's go, let's go, and all the boys are sprinting, looking around, everyone's going hard. And also medical is also there like, come on, you you, you need to get through this. this. Sprinting is really important for your body and for your hamstrings or whatever. Then I think it's, it's, it's culture is hitting players from all angles, um, and it's really helpful for their... Um, for their drive and for them to push extremely hard in, in every session um, and then of course we have different different types of days in that respect as well and we're always looking retrospectively at, at the data and communicating that back to was it was it the sweet spot, was it too much, was it too little and bigger and bigger overviews um, and as Stein mentioned we you have that American style model now which is becoming more and more uh, prominent also in football, European football, the players have personal trainers, they have physiotherapists, they have people working with them on the side and they're starting to build that sort of uh support network around them for their careers which is in a way it's fantastic um in another way it can present problems because if there's not clear communication about it and it's not you know, planned or periodized for the right times you can spike someone too hard or someone can go and work with somebody who's not had communication with someone at the club um, they push too hard and the following day or you know in the following week they get injured that's a problem so Stein's been really instrumental in setting up a sort of trusted partners network for us here at the club where we have people outside um, that we link up with um, in all walks of 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 life and all types of expertise some uh cold exposure and breathing coaches some uh kickboxing we have a there's a really strong kickboxing culture in uh holland uh i don't know if you know rob but kickboxing and mixed martial arts so as an example before a day off a player might train really hard in the morning session and in the afternoon he's checking with us is it possible if i go to uh uh the kickboxing uh instructor this afternoon can you give him a call and tell him what's useful to do and he's doing that because we've decided yeah he needs a little bit of aggression and he needs to you know not let people push him around and he needs to learn how to throw a punch Um, and he'll go and do that and we can speak to that person and say listen only boxing today he trained real hard in the morning push him hard tomorrow needs to be a rest day and i think that also works from another motivational point of view because it's also good to get outside of the four walls that you see all year round, you know, 330 days or whatever it is um, to freshen you up a little bit. And when you have good partners that you can build relationships with as well, players can go in the evening and do something extra light. It's just, it's not to the detriment of the training system and the training program that we are trying to run for the week. Uh, We feel like it's inevitable that people will go and look for those extra things and we want to reward it and cooperate with them rather than try to squash it and say, no, don't do this. Uh, It's going to ruin our numbers or our periodization or whatever. So it's inevitable and we we want to support them in that aspect.
1: Not every organization will have the opportunity to bring in consultants, specialists in a particular area. But Stein, is there any particular area that you've just had huge success when bringing a consultant on board and has really moved things forward?
0: Yeah. I think we had some different kinds of con- uh, consultancy over the last two seasons. And yeah, it's growing atmosphere. This season, the culture is also that the manager said to me, could you get this guy in for a day? Um, or Lee uh, came, could you, could you get this guy in or this guy in? Um, but last season, it was a very decision of the team. If we had a retrospective uh, evaluation of the season, what can we do better? Why have we lost the final? Why did we not? Why do we not win from uh, our strongest oppo- opponent sometimes? Um, so we tried, we said, okay, with everything we demand, we'll get in a biopsychosocial, uh, we'll look into these areas. And then we looked at um, other disciplines of sports, how they do it like uh, cycling, Uh, Jumbo-Visma we went to visit and they came here, went to other sports psychology and other sports we had a look at, and Lee came with, um, we brought in Dan Abrahams, sports psychologist from the UK. It was really interesting, and I think Lee can explain this better, but that was, uh, to answer your question, one of the consultants who actually uh, changed the process in a positive way. In a, in a very good way, I think, without with limited presence, because um, I'm I, I'm a strong believer when when you get in consultants and you want to improve something, you have to improve the staff at the ground. So when you bring in a sport psychologist, you want to educate the manager to become a better manager. You want to educate Lee to become a better head of performance. You want to educate me. You want to educate the kid man to have a a, a better psychology approach. So, and you want one approach. Yeah? You don't want if somebody has a mental issue or you think he needs to be more assertive or whatever, that you send them to somebody or you, you say, go to speak to him. No, we had to create a whole uh, uh, yeah, uh, platform or to answer different needs and questions of players, we brought in different uh, consultants regarding the biopsychosocial aspects. Um, I think Lee can explain a little bit about the biopsychosocial aspect of Dan Abrahams, how uh, interesting that was and added to the, um, to, to the terminology that we use at Feyenoord. It, it got embedded into how we spoke to each other. It got embedded to how we spoke uh, during halftime, the manager, how he spoke to the players. And so all these little pieces. Lee, maybe you can elaborate a little bit on this.
2: Yeah, I don't want to uh, step on Dan's toes too much. I'll do my best. But I think what you allude to, Stein, is actually shared mental models. Um, And for example, our coach has his own shared mental model of how our playing style is. And that's something that a group shares all together. Players know that they attack us and make deep runs in behind. They know that when we lose the ball, we want a counter pressing style that smothers the team and you get the ball back. You know, this is, this is all largely tactical things. But uh, if I could speak to Dan's input, what he did is brought in a shared mental model about mindset. And if I steal his work a little bit, a high performance mindset, um, he actually brought in a whole new language around how you prepare yourself mentally to, Perform for games to train actually throughout the whole week, um, and that language seeped through the entire staff, also to the playing group. Of course, there's some little uh, jokes and gags about it here and there with the with the playing group, uh, especially in in this period now where we're a little bit more relaxed. But um, when it comes to high stress situations, I think they were super valuable and. Um, perhaps you you you'd link up with him, Rob, quite nicely for a fellow countryman of yours. I don't know if you've spoken I to him before, been, yeah. but uh, he could speak more. Yeah, he could speak more to the detail of what 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 he did uh, what he did here with us. But he's been fantastic from afar. Visited a lot of times. Our coach has been excellent and receptive with bringing him in and having him come back and constantly speaking together. The staff's been really great to accept it, like Stein said, all as one group. Um, and yeah, just just like simple add in things that we can all sort of approach. Like Dan introduced the concept of a game face to all the players, which is like a competitive persona. People can find that in his books, obviously, uh, Soccer Tough. But he brought that in and, and sat with players on multiple different occasions throughout the season, developing a game face um, that they can uh, fall back on on training days, pre-game, in-game, halftime. to, um, yeah, I suppose like uh, boost their mental resilience and – have them be performing at a mental level the same as we would expect from a physical. Because like I said before, you play in, thousands, play in front of thousands of fans uh, two times per week for the whole year round, that's super stressful. It doesn't matter you know, what age you are or if you look at it from whose perspective, it, it, is, uh, it is super stressful. So we feel as a performance department and the coaches are with us that stress management is therefore low-hanging fruit how do we cope in high stress situations and how do we thrive and dan really helped us out with that a lot so oh, yeah. props to dan
0: you also brought other consultants about scanning and whatever so uh, you constantly need to try to raise the bar by inspiring yourself and your staff and your players so yeah it's a constant work in progress you know? like now we're going to the champions league we won the, cha- the championship. So we need to reinvent. We have to keep doing the same things, but even reinvent ourselves a little bit. Yeah. We need to keep pushing the limits and motivate the the individual to, uh, yeah, give it another year full on, you know,
2: that would, I think clubs get consultants in, and so clubs get consultants and stuff in all the time, right? In sports and in football. It's not, it's not, it's nothing groundbreaking either. But the difference a little bit was I remember we were on a training camp in Portugal for that uh, second, for the World Cup break. And uh, Dan was there with us, and he gave a team presentation, and the staff was there. And for me, that was like a, a probably a long term memory that I will consolidate and keep with me for a long time because just the feel in the room then was was quite a a nice thing to be a part of with him and the coach sharing a presentation together and then afterwards the staff sat and had a drink together and had a discussion. That's not something that I would think is normal. I don't have like 30 years of experience but maybe Stein can speak more to that but it felt like it was something that was unique um, and a little bit precious, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think on those moments even if you have an informal chat over a drink, we still, yeah, we are so passionate. We still look for ways to improve and to digest the day and to make the next day better and yeah as i said the consultants are only good um, or effective if the whole team takes it on board i think it's it's really important and obviously ruben and lee play a bigger role because they are much more uh on top or close to the lips of the players yeah But everybody needs to understand why you do something and what's the possible uh, advantages, again, compared to the opposition. We constantly look for things to do that the opposition wouldn't do, but not because of the sake of it. No, because what is best for the individual and the team. We don't just do things because we think, yeah, we'll do this because the other guys don't do this. No, it needs to be well thought over.
1: We've only got a few minutes left. And yeah. again, I've still got this table here with you 10 points clear. You've got Champions League next season. Name one thing, and I'll go to both of you for this. Stein, I'll come to you first. One thing that is going to kick this on again next season. What can? What's the one thing that you aim to improve, even though you've had such success this season? Stein? You can start... Go on. I'm glad it's <laughs> you,
0: first.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stein, what do you think? It has to be one thing. Give yeah. us, give us, give us, give as many as you want. Two things, three things. We've only got a few minutes left, though.
0: Yeah. Well, we prepared already. We created a an, uh, data and innovation uh, hub to support us, and we hired a new member of staff. That's one thing, and the second thing, we are going to revamp the place. So players when they come back uh, that they have the feel okay all these guys they really mean what they say and let's the club has ambition and the manager is still here and everybody's here and we get some more players and yeah and then it's up to us again to do a good job like it i think that the basis are here i don't think you need to change one thing to be successful because we got it pretty good on the rails i think everybody needs to look within themselves i think me as a person, Lee as a person, to evolve as a person privately and professionally to raise the bar for the team. And I think the players should do the same. The, the coaches, and I, I really strongly believe that everybody will do the same. And it's like a journey where you evolve as a person and as a profession, professional to improve doing. And if everybody has the same passion about this, I'm sure you can be successful even upcoming years.
2: Yeah, tough question again. I think... Um everything that we've spoken about actually today from individualized plans for training um, education around sleep, recovery, nutrition, the, the mental model, the shared mental model. So high performance mindset um, and, and more all of that this season, what we've been doing, actually, I take this opportunity to give a little shameless plug, Rob, for the, the SPP app is we've been integrating that into the SPP app <laughs> in a prototype version. And, and, it's, I give the plug because it's useful for our players. But it's all there actually cataloged as resources that are sitting on all of the players' phones and devices, all of the iPads in the, in the club. Um, and the fact that it's down there as written information and stuff that we can always return to and they can return to at any point in the season at any time of day on any training day, I really feel is a big key point of difference for us. And Stein's done amazing work to get to the point where that is just uh all of the medical staff, all of the coaching stuff, all of the performance stuff, uh, let's uh let's get you on this program. I need you to read about uh, sleep a lot more or we're gonna speak about mental models and we're gonna use this part of this module in the app to to uh, to help you. And I think moving forward the implementation of that and further iterations of that in the future are really exciting for the playing group that are used to it that are staying around next year, which hopefully is a lot of them, but also adopting new players and adapting them to the the coach's style and to the level that we play at, which is Champions League. So I'm really excited about that.
0: I fully agree that the SPP app has made it, has also inspired everybody. When I walk into the gym at seven o'clock, every staff member drips in. I think there's only one staff member who's not in the gym of the whole uh, training ground. Even Matt Wade is in the gym. And they are all on their phones using the SPP app and using, because the the, the app is so different from other things because when you open it, it's like the gym and the people are, you're in it, yeah? You are motivated. I think, uh, yeah, these are examples of how we try to innovate and how to inspire on the level of the player, yeah? Um, If you, yeah, I'm 46 years old. We need stuff like this to To get on that level of the twenty year old, twenty one year olds, to to yeah, to get them better. So yeah,
1: perfect. And,
0: uh, thank you very much from my end. No,
1: no, thank you very much. We're we're coming up to not far off an hour, so I'll firstly say thank you very much for, for lining this up. Secondly, thank you for lining it up at such such short notice before you shoot off for the off season. Congratulations on a great season. Where can People find out more about you. Stein, are you a social media person or not? Nah.
0: No, I Good. think
1: it's important to remain in shadows. <laughs>
0: um, You're not I, 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 I genuinely believe this. I think that the, 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 to be in the light, it's more for uh, the coaches, the players, and um, and we should just work hard and innovate in the background. And obviously, I'm on social media and all of kind of things. I'm also human, but um, no. I think it's more to up to Lee and to Ruben and uh, people who are really on the floor between the players who really inspire them from day to day and who uh, work on things like the SPP app, who should, people should have a look at.
1: And Lee, where can people find you? Um, yeah, the usual suspects,
2: the Instagrams and Twitters. Um that's pretty much it really. Yeah. Cool. Well thank you very much. Australia. Say again, time. Okay. What?
0: Australia.com. <laughs> you can find him there.
1: Yeah, you can find me in Australia and <laughs> the was for sure. Right, guys, I'll let you thank shoot, you. but thank you very much. Really appreciate your time and um yeah, chat to you both soon. Tune in to episode 451 of the Pacey Performance Podcast. Big thanks to Lee and to Stein for being so open and honest about their successful season this year, winning the Eredivisie. And also big thanks to today's sponsors, Hawking Dynamics, Team Builder, and Satanta College for sponsoring this episode today. The podcast could not run in its current form without these guys, so I really do appreciate all their support. Big thanks to you for tuning in and I look forward to chatting to you next time. I'm